You are listening to the Techie Leadership Show with Bogdan and Andrei. Hello and welcome to the Tech Leadership Show. Today with me I have Harvey Brody. He is an entrepreneur who's been in business since 1953. And it so happens that he is still in perfect health and he is very active in international money making activities. All legal, ethical and appropriate stuff. He doesn't get involved in any businesses that harm people on purpose. He stays in publishing, he stays in making and selling products in the plastics and chemical fields. He has no factory, no employees. He, his wife and his daughter do all the work and he has sold around a hundred million units of just one product that he owns. On another item, he has sold roughly 50 million units, all without headaches, litigation or the usual business problems. Hello, Harvey, and it's a pleasure having you on the show. I'm happy to be here, and I'm happy to help in any way I can. Oh, yeah. And something that I want to tell the listeners is the fact that Harvey is a close friend of mine and a business mentor, and he has taught me a wealth of information. And I am really excited about having him on the show and expressing his own viewpoints on... uh, how uh, what really is happening in business and how to be more successful because he helped me tremendously and I am sure that he can also help you tremendously. Uh, with that in mind, Harvey, can you tell a little bit more about yourself because I did not do you justice. You've done so much in your life, in your career. Well, actually, I'm happy to, to explain the details not just any of the details, but the important details from what you told me about you and the people that are attending the pod that you the pod that you have. Uh, I came from a family. They were all nice people. They were honest. Uh, none of them were educated. In, in my particular case, my father never attended any type of a school uh, because he was he was re- born in Europe in Lithuania <clears throat> and uh, he came to the United States alone when he was 12 years old because there was trouble in Lithuania at that time yes. between the Russians and the Germans and the Swedes and whatever <laughs> and it was a very dangerous place to be so alone without an education, and he never did learn how to speak English properly. He could never read or write. Okay. Uh, So my father was an unusual guy in the sense that he was able to work and bring a sister over, and then they worked together, laborers, and they brought over a brother, and by the time they got done, after about 10 years, there was about 13 or 14 people that came wow. to the United States. And I was born in a country, this country, in the United States. I saw what kind of opportunities are here. And I think opportunities exist all over the world, certainly in the United States. Yes. And uh, I basically wanted to make something of myself. Uh, 
I made sort of an error. I thought that a university degree uh, would be a real door opener for me. Okay. So in my hometown, uh, you didn't have free universities. You had universities where you pay a high tuition. I attended Washington University in my hometown of St. Louis, and the tuition was very high. But I turned that from a negative into a positive because I opened a business of buying and selling typewriters and repairing typewriters while I was going to uh, the university. And by the time I graduated, by the time I had graduated, I had built a very successful business and it led to other door openings. And let me hesitate now because I'm sure you've got some questions in between, Andre, that you'd like to ask. So, uh, so Harvey, you said like um, you you made an error by going getting a university degree, and it actually it didn't help you as much as you hoped. uh, Moving forward. Well, I thought I thought that it was very critical for me to have a university degree, and it's not such a bad thing, but it did not do what I thought it was going to do. It doesn't open doors for you. It does. You know, I learned engineering and I learned business subjects at Washington University, which was great. But I got my real education after I got out of Washington University. And I got one one heck of a incredible money-making education. That, so what did you do to get that education? What when, happened? I, when, when I graduated, within a couple of days three days, four days, I drove 2,000 miles in order to get to where I ended up, which was California, Southern California, because I had heard there was a lot of opportunity there, and I wanted to get into opportunities, money-making opportunity, where I could do something legal, ethical, and profitable. And I did a very smart thing when I came to Los Angeles. I I did f- freelance consulting. I talked very successful entrepreneurs into hiring me on a per diem basis. That was a brilliant thing to do because I talked a number of these guys to pay me for doing coordinating for them. The people I chose were making nothing but money in a variety of fields. And boy, did I get an education in seeing how they were making the money legally and ethically and enjoyably. You could go to every university in the world. You're never going to get an education like I got within one year. It was incredible. One year. I saw people making money. I hardly thought it was possible for people to make money legally, ethically, and enjoyably. No cheating, I'm talking, I didn't follow anybody doing anything wrong. I wasn't involved in the wrong kind of activities. I'm talking about products, patented products, copyrighted, trademark, chemical forms, all the good stuff. It's not for everybody, but it was sure for me. 
Not everybody <laughs> wants to do that, but it was a goldmine for me. And within a, within a couple of years, I got a tremendous education in money making 101. And Harvey, do you do you feel that the same strategy of um, doing freelance work for really smart, successful businessmen would apply today to pick up like the tricks of the trade from them? Any business that I would get into today, including stuff that you're in or the people listening to your pod are in, uh, computer related, uh, you can make a fortune if you know what you're doing. And I'm not talking about the hardware. I know that it's not a finger snap because there's things you have to learn, but they're learnable. It depends where you spend your time learning. If you, if you waste your time, uh, you lay down with dogs, you get up with fleas. If you're working <laughs> yes. with the right people, you make a lot of money. I'm, I'm not talking about people doing things that are questionable, illegal, pornography, I don't, I'm not involved in selling cigarettes or alcohol. There may, they may be legal, but I don't want to be involved in, in businesses that kill people. Yes. Uh, I'm involved in things that people need good things and with good patents and copyrights and trademarks and trade secrets, all the good stuff. Yes, and there's enough money in wholesome businesses that you don't need to go to the edge of uh, the business world. And no, you just have to learn you have to learn to take the right steps in the right direction and that is learnable if you make it your business to do that instead of wasting your life and doing things the hard way. Yes, that is so true. Uh, and Harvey, I'm really curious, what is the biggest leadership success story you've witnessed personally? Well, I saw many, many success stories personally with what the people were doing. For example, uh, they take over a business that was worth nothing and they knew they had knowledge. They knew what to do with the business to reposition it. And not only that, I saw people that knew how to, how to buy the cow and pay for it with its own milk. So that, really? yeah, I saw them where they could take over a program and not have to mortgage their house or their business or whatever, get out on a limb. Those are the kind of things that are neat to see. And I took copious notes and I learned like mad on how to do stuff. And by the time I, I came to California, I was 24 years old. By the time I was 26, 27 years old, I was already established didn't take long. Within a year, year and a half, two years, I was really rolling. And a lot and of people, they spend five years or ten years in something, it's it's dead. Something that they're going nowhere on, they don't even know it. That's a mistake. And Harvey, could you share like a story about how uh, either to reposition a business or to buy the cow with its own milk? If you could help share a success story on those lines, it would be amazing. Well, yeah. Well, I, let me put it. Let me put it in this way. I had a customer who was an entrepreneur, great, a marketing genius. He was a marketing genius, and he showed me 
in his office, he had a metal tube that was about roughly five inches long and a diameter probably of about, I would say around three-eighths of an inch. And he had a, a, a potato in his hand. Okay. And a stick that would go down the center of the brass tube. And I said, well, "What are you showing me here? What are we What are we going to look at here?" He says, "Well, watch this." So he took the tube and he stuck it into the potato, and then bent it so that it broke off. A, a piece of potato was stuck in okay. one one end of the tube, and then he stuck, turned the tube around and did the same thing on the other end. And then he took the stick and he pushed it into the tube until the plug on one end got next to the plug on the other end. And then the thing popped and the plug shot about 20 feet across the room. And I Amazing. Said, I said, what do you want me to do with this? He says, I want you to see if you can build me a product out of this. How do we make a product out of this? I said... There ought to be a product that somebody's already made on this. Have you ever looked into this thing? And the guy was kind of sheepish. He didn't want to give me too much information. Maybe he didn't want to feel stupid. So I went to work on it. And the next day, after he showed me this, I had called a machine shop that was about a five minute, seven minute drive from this okay. office where I was working with this guy. And I went over and I showed him, I showed him the, the potato and the tube and the stick. And he said to me right there in the spot, he said, Harvey, see that item up on the rack? That's a, that's a spud gun. Okay. The, the tooling for that item is in Glendale. That's about a 12-minute drive from here, 20-minute drive at the most. Go over and see the guy. They got the tooling on that thing, and they don't even know how to market it. You okay. don't need to build tooling. I thought the guy was kidding me, but he showed me the item, the actual item. I took it with me. He let me, he let me have it. I showed it to the guy that I was working for. And we set up an appointment to go over to that shop where the guy owned the tooling the next morning. And I saw the guy, the guy I was working for, I saw him buy the tooling for 500 bucks. $500. Around $30,000, of in, in, in value in the, tool, in the tooling, injection molds. And I basically said, Wow, I didn't say that out loud, but I said it to myself. Yeah. Because I start, I, I start catching on very quickly. You can always fix an item if people don't know what to do with it. So the guy sold them the, all the tooling. They made the provision that they would do the molding if the guy took it over, owned the tooling, and let them do the molding, the people that, that he bought the tooling from. So he did the whole deal, and he got it. I got the thing um, improved. I got all the bugs out of it, and we talked about the marketing on the deal. And he went to the toy show in okay. uh, 
in New York City, that the next January he went to the toy show. It was the hit of the toy show. He came back with like five million orders for the item. Five so, million yeah, orders. When you, see, when you see stuff like that, you see how things are done. Uh, you learn how to make a lot of money, and, and that's how I started to learn. That is so true. Like getting in, getting exposed to smart people being successful really helps you if you analyze and you you pick up on the stuff that they're doing it's better you're right it's better than uh, <laughs> it really puts if you have a degree it really puts it on hyperdrive and if you don't have a degree it, it helps you get uh, uh, a real life degree <laughs> now one one thing i'll suggest to you uh, andre that I can give you an example that's in the same field as the people that most of the people you told me about that attend your pod and that yeah. you're in. Yeah. Do you example. have home technology? Sure. I'll give you an example. Uh, I got into a business and nobody was organizing the names for the opportunity seekers that were involved in the business and there was huge numbers of opportunity seekers. Okay. So I put my I, I I already had experience on knowing how to do things. So what I what happened was I found out that I could get lots of names that were not on computer, and I could get the names on computer quite simply. And I put the whole thing together by having uh, I asked the local professor at the nearby university to recommend a student who was a computer genius that he uh, would recommend. I wanted to him to write the code that could be on a computer where we could rent time on it. Okay. So I saw the whole thing, and the guy, the guy didn't charge me very much money. He wrote the code for putting the names up on computer. In those days, we used um, a key punch machines. I, w I, w I just picked up a inexpensive key punch machine and I yes. had uh, the, the names key punched we were able to enter them into a computer with, and with the code the kid wrote for me I was able to get it organized and turn it into a business the business became sensationally successful I became the largest supplier to opportunity seeking names in the entire uh, United States and Canada North America here and I ended up earning millions of dollars a year just from uh, having ownership of putting up the names and making them available for list rental. So yeah. there's a lot of things you can do when you know what you're doing in any field. So actually you were like a disruptor before disrupting was uh, a common thing now. Everybody I wants be, to disrupt marketplaces. I became a list broker and a list manager. Those were the titles. Yes. And actually, actually, another benefit, I taught my daughter how to run that whole business, and she, she handled the whole thing. And she started off when she was 12 years old. 12 years old. Wow. She started off taking the code, and she learned how to buy time. Uh, she she did it originally. She was in it for about eight or nine years. But eventually, she did the whole thing by herself. In the beginning, she she used some help, 
but she's she picked up on all that stuff. She's very, very intelligent and very successful now because of the experience that she gained from things I bet. like that. And Harvey, I, I also want to know because sometimes you know you, learn, you get to learn more from failure than from successes. So I'm really interested in what is the biggest leadership failure you've had the unfortunate experience of witnessing. Well, the biggest failures that I was able to avoid because I saw other people making them. I saw people, successful people and people that weren't successful, not knowing how to set up a strategy, to plan, to know where they were going, to, to, to pick the right area, to go after something, but they're not going to go after the wrong type of an objective. People make mistakes by trying to do something, either not practical, not timely, not doable. So you have to learn how to set the right goals and once you learn how to set the right goals that are practical, you have to know who you are going to be associated with to carry okay. out your goals. And when people don't know these things, they fail. And they can fail in serious ways. The consequences can be very, very bad. Some people are in businesses and they don't even know that they're breaking the law because they don't understand the law. So they're, they're operating in a business, and they're breaking the law, not even knowing it. These yes. are serious consequences. If you're going to set up a plan with the right goal and work with the right people, you have to learn what to work on, what not to work on, how to work on things, who to work with. It sounds complicated, but it's not as complicated as you think. It gets complicated when you don't learn these things. And Harvey, do you have like some tips on how to choose good uh, business partners? Well, let's put it this way. I basically spent my a lot of time in my life knowing people, okay. knowing how to size them up, listening to them. Um, if you stay away from crooks, bad people, you still have to deal with good people. And the problem yes. you get into with good people, and you're staying away from the real bad ones, the thieves and the people that you just need to stay away from, you got to remember that when, when people, good people even, get into adversity, serious adversity, you never know what they what they do. A lot of people don't want to take hits, just a natural instinct. They'd sooner have you take the hit than them take the hit. So you got to know how to work with good people, and you got to know how to stay away from bad people. But it's all learnable. There's principles in learning it, but it's learnable. Get to know people. I've only been married one time in my life. But I knew enough at that time, I was 27 when I got married, I knew enough how to get involved with the right person and stay away from the wrong person. Because in the United States, 60% of all marriages fail. Yeah. And yeah. partnerships with people fail. So you got to know even with, with the right people, you have to know how to work with them, 
how to size them up, and how to find out how they deal with adversity. Yes, that's so true. And uh, Harvey, would you have a story related to, to these topics of working with the right people and especially since we're in the failure story, like people that worked with the wrong people and it created a lot of chaos for them. So your question, make, make, make clear what your question, clear your, clearly <laughs> so my, your yeah, question okay. to me. I heard so, what you said, but what was the question? So my question would be, Harvey, uh, do you know of a situation that was like on paper, it looked like a total success, but due to the people involved in it, caused like a lot of, uh, caused the situation to fail, the, the business opportunity to fail? Well, I'll tell you the smartest thing a person can do. Okay. What I did. They work with someone who's very smart, very honest, and knows how to deal with adversity and will not throw you in the trash when they deal with adversity. They will work with you so that both parties come out of problems. They solve problems. And to gain experience by trying to work with people in a safe manner where you don't screw yourself up by getting involved in a project that's too complicated. And you, you gain experience in working with people, knowing people. It's a subject that you need to learn. It's, there's no, there's no way around it. it. It's something you have to learn. Yes, so the... I, I found out ways to work with people safely. Uh, sometimes I, I worked with people and they wanted me to work with them, and I, I said no, because I wasn't sure enough that I wasn't going to get hurt. So, so okay. I, I learn quick. I learn quickly who to work with and who not to. That's a learnable skill. And and from your experience, like what would be the traits that you're looking for in people to select them to work with them? Quite often, when I'm working with someone and we're in a we're in some kind of a project. Yes. Something. You learn a lot about people when you see what happens when when they run into obstacles, they encounter obstacles. I When I encounter obstacles, I know how to deal with it and turn an obstacle into an advantage. And a lot of people don't know how to do that. So when you're working with someone, you see how they deal with obstacles. Sometimes people panic when they run into an obstacle. And they only think about themselves, not about you. So yes. you don't work with those kinds of people. Yes, yes, absolutely right. And it's 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 true that you get to see the true character of a person, not when everything when everything is right and rosy and it's going okay. It's during the trying times when it when it becomes hard. That's when you get to see the true character of a person and see if you can rely on them moving forward or not. And Harvey, right. based on your life experience, and you have a lot of life experience, what would be your leadership philosophy? What would be my what? Leadership philosophy. Leadership? Yes, philosophy. Well, leadership philosophy is to be a leader... If you can, 
if you can't be a total leader, then if you're going to work with someone in a project, make sure that it's the right kind of a leader where you're not going to spin your wheels and you're going to make progress and deal with obstacles and turn obstacles into stepping stones. It's not that complicated. Okay, so what you're saying is uh, if you realize that I still don't have like the necessary leadership skill, align yourself with somebody that has them and make sure that they're a true leader and they're going to take care of you and help them. Well, sure. on, the, on the path sure uh, you, there's things in common uh, that you get into there were times when I learned the lesson where I was too trusting and uh, I should have been more uh, untrusting because I, okay. I let people take unfair advantage of me because sometimes when people are doing that you have to be very stern you have to be serious with them uh, like if they're cheating you out of hundreds of thousands of dollars and you catch them cheating on you you can't uh, be a pussycat <laughs> you have to basically tell them you know this is not going to work uh, you want to avoid litigation you're going to have to behave yourself uh, yes I I'm not interested in losing hundreds of thousands of dollars because you're sloppy or dishonest or whatever. Sometimes you have to be very, talk plain English to people. Yeah, sometimes you have to be direct and tell them like, look, this cannot stand, this situation, you need to correct it. And you're absolutely right. It's, it's having a balance. It's not being too soft. It's not being too hard. It's being somewhere in the middle and having the, the capability of moving to one place or the other, depending on the situation. Well, my wife and I have been married, as I told you, I think I told you, 60 years. Yes, congratulations. <laughs> and, uh, uh, we've never had a problem between us as far as trust, things that were, we worked together, we solved problems together, we set goals and solved problems together. You gotta do the same thing with partners. If you can't have a partner you can work with, you shouldn't be in partnership with the person. Yes, that is true. And for um, for aspiring leaders, Harvey, what would be your top three leadership tips for them? Say that again. Please. For aspiring leaders, what would be your top uh, leadership tips for them? For a top uh, aspiring person who wants to be a leader? Yes, for aspiring leaders, for people that want to be leaders. What do I recommend for them? Yes, what tips would you have for them? One, one way or another, they have to set the right goals, either on their own or in association with the right people. That's what the bottom line is. And then accomplish the goal and then use what they've accomplished with the right people and parlay it in the, right type, of, in the right type of growth, not where you work on something and it all comes unglued because you didn't handle it right. So all the work you put into it, invested in it, goes down the toilet. The other way around is 
you take something, get it going, uh, protect it, hone it, make it, you perfect it, and whatever you're going to do, and then you launch other fabulous programs. I've been doing that my whole career, and it works. It's fabulous. It's the only way to work. So you're using like once you're basically taking the success you're having in one uh, with one business to build another business. Exactly. You get you get something going, and then you you get it you perfect it and use it as a launching pad for the next program and another program. So you don't have to do ten a year. You don't have to do more than one every two years or five years, but you need to get a cookie cutter going. Where you, where you're you you're doing what you understand needs to be done, but you do it in a practical manner, and you become very professional at it. It works like a charm if you know what you're doing. Yes, and Harvey, you mentioned setting the right goals. Like what? How do you set them? Like what would be right goals from your perspective? Well, the right goals for me would be. Get into any type of illegal ethical money-making activity, like a business or whatever. Yes. Where if it's if it's legal ethical, then the next question is, can you scale it? I'm sure you yes. know what scaling means. Yes. Grow it. Yeah, growing the business without the whole thing coming unglued. Yes. So you're gro- growing it in a neat, orderly manner, and scaling it where you can control the key parts of it that should be proprietary if humanly possible and then keep growing where you end up building your assets and you don't end up having to start at square zero again. That's the smartest thing you can do. And how how would you evaluate like if an opportunity is uh, is good or not? It has well, the potential to, to grow. You have to you have to look at it from a practical point of view. If somebody oh. writes a song, and the song has no merit to it, and you're pretty sure it has no merit to it, what do you do with a song that has no merit? somebody writes some kind of a fantastic song and they know what to do with it. Now, yes. one of the smartest people in the in the music industry was a guy by the name of um, Paul... Uh, Anka? Paul Anka, A-N-K-A. I think that's how he spelled his name. Yes. You may or may not know that he was on a trip... Uh, to France, in France, and he was happened to be watching television, and okay. uh, a performer had written a song, and the song was demonstrated by the by the performer, the singer, and uh, Paul Anka flipped out when he heard it because he had never heard the melody, and it was a French song. The name of the song was Cop d'Aptus. I don't know how you pronounce that in French. Comme d'habitude. H-A-B-I-T-U-S-E. With a D apostrophe in the front. Yes. 
C-O-M-M-E. So anyway, uh, when he heard that, he approached the guy, he found out his phone number, made an appointment, went to see him. And he, he picked up that song for practically nothing. He, he paid the guy, but he, did, he got into it very economically. Yes. And the song was so powerful and so successful, uh, he was able to get, get it to Frank Sinatra, and who, he, he, he led the charge on it. The song turned out to be the song My Way. You, you've heard of yes, it, right? Yes, I know it. Very popular, even now. Well, Paul Anka is a fantastic business person. So you can do the same thing in any field if you know what you're doing. You start with injection molds or plastic or metal, chemical formulas, copyrights, trademarks. The world is full of opportunity of all kinds, all over the place. Yes. And I, I guess like in the software field, it's, it's even more opportunity due to its nature. Absolutely. No question about it. If I was in the software field and a computer person, I would, I would definitely go that direction for sure. Yes. And Harvey, what is the book that had the most profound impact on you? What kind of a book are you talking about? Any book. The, the book that's really... The, book that, the books, the books, B-O-O-K-S, the series by Walt... Um, let's see, what was his last name? Started with a D. The guy Durant? that had... Yeah, Dur Dur Durant, is that was it? Walt, Walt Durant. Will, no, it's not Walt, it was Will, Will Durant, D-U-R-A-N-T. That whole series that he wrote was very impressive to me because he's a great historian and it helped me understand past history. And if you don't know past history, you can struggle pretty hard uh, in things that you should know. It's, it's good to know, it, the, past history can teach you a lot. Yes, it is. So you're talking about the story of civilization by Will Durant. That's one book. volumes. And there was there was other books, Life of Greece, uh, Caesar and Christ. There was a whole group of books. There was about fourteen of them, and he did a great job on all of them. Yes, I read a couple of them, and they're really good. And you're absolutely right, Harvey. If you don't study the history you're bound to repeat the same mistakes and that's why that's something that I recommend like all people like in whatever even in your own field look at what happened there mistakes that were made and learn from them don't avoid being ignorant and redoing them again basically you, you have to learn from past history yes. in order to be successful that in, is ancient, true. in ancient times, people were using stone tools. And somebody noticed that you could take a, a, an ore, O-R-E, yes. and heat it up. Maybe they found out by accident, and it, it would melt. And, but when they yes. did that, 
they were able to end up with copper. And they found out when they had copper, it could, you make it tools out of it. They could pour it into dyes to make, to make a mold. They could use it to, uh, to do all kinds of things that were never done. And then the big breakthrough came when people found out that you could take copper and that 10% of tin, when you add it to copper, yes. you end up with bronze. Yeah. And that's a whole new ballgame. Why learn stuff the hard way? History teaches you things that you don't want to miss. Yeah, for sure you don't want to miss. And uh, you can you can even take like, oh, at least from my personal experience, I found out you can take like lessons that you might say they're not applicable in the modern world. Uh, but they are because humans are humans and we haven't changed that much uh, from a psychological point of view and maybe technology has changed for sure but uh, the people that are using technology are the same way as they were like a hundred two hundred five hundred and a thousand years and even more time there's always opportunity and you don't want to learn it the hard way so you need to be oriented toward taking advantage of opportunity and if you don't know where it is you find it yes and on that note i want to thank you so much harvey for coming on the show and i cannot be grateful enough for um, towards you for everything you've done for me for your help you've offered it has been amazing and thank you so much my pleasure good luck to you and Say hello to your wife and daughter for me. And your I brother. Will. I will, I will. Thank you. Thank you, Harvey. That was today's episode. Tune in daily. Rate, like, subscribe and share, please. Oh, you can find further info and materials in the show notes on techyleadership.com, including links to the guest book recommendations.